all I ask is when you lay your head on that pill at night, no, I gave you everything I had. You did. I gave you everything I had. Welcome back, everyone, to Double Take, an NFL podcast where we cover everything in the NFL. I'm your host, David Gonzalez, and I'm joined by my twin brother, Daniel, as we kick off season two. Daniel, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm ready to kick off this season. I know it's been a really long time since we've done anything, and so Mm -hmm. I'm just glad that we're back and we're able to finally, I mean, not that we didn't have stuff to talk about. We could have, but I think it's even more special now. Um, now that the season's about to start and luckily we're recording on a week where something major did happen but we'll get into that in a second yeah absolutely so this episode as you see it in the title it's predicting the 2023-2024 NFL season and so we're going to do that that's going to be the main chunk of today's show but before that we're going to talk about a couple of things that have happened since we've not been on the air one of those things uh, being Actually, there's two extra things that I didn't even put on the outline that we'll we'll just jump straight into before mm-hmm. we even talk about what we're supposed to talk about. But one of the things that did happen as soon as we recorded that last episode, I don't believe that Aaron Rodgers was in New York yet, but that deal right. became official and he has now jumped uh, to New York is their starting quarterback, and Jordan Love is now the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. And so, Daniel, just give me your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers actually leaving Green Bay and going to New York. It's one of those It's one of those things that is hard to, for me at least, it's hard to have an opinion on um, mm-hmm. because I know what Aaron Rodgers is or what he can be. Yeah. And so I don't want to be a prisoner of last year's moment where he looked – pretty mediocre mm-hmm. um, by his by his standards and so mm-hmm. i but i also know that he was unhappy and maybe you know the offense wasn't running the way he wanted to mm-hmm. and so i think this year would be very telling but for me it's hard to because i don't want to be one of those guys who says definitively he's going to be awesome or he's going to suck um and so I don't I don't want to I don't want to be that guy. And yeah. So I'm kind of like I'm hoping he has a great season. That's what I am hoping for. Um I just don't know. I think my gut feeling is he'll they'll probably be mediocre. That's my gut feeling. Um Yeah, go ahead. I can I can sense you want to rebuttal rebuttal that. Well, no not really. I I'm probably in the same boat mm-hmm. as you are. I mean, the thing that we do have to remember is that Aaron Rodgers is a former four-time league MVP. Right. And right. his last MVP was only two years ago. Like, it's like he hasn't been Aaron Rodgers that we know. Right, right. Like, a long time ago. Like, it's, it hasn't been a long time. However... When we talk about Aaron Rodgers and his legacy, and you've said this in the past before, yeah, he's a great regular season quarterback. Yep, absolutely. 
multiple time MVP. Since he's won the Super Bowl, he hasn't really done much. I mean, he's been to several NFC Championship games, has lost several NFC Championship games, and really I just put the last three playoff games for the Green Bay Packers on Aaron Rodgers because he did not play well, and those were winnable games because they weren't as high-scoring of football games as it was earlier in his career when he was balling out but had no defense. Right, right. Now it's a different story. So I'm not necessarily worried about Aaron Rodgers. Worried's not the right word because I really don't care about Aaron Rodgers, really. But Mm -hmm. I think what concerns me about Aaron Rodgers just in terms of New York and why New York should be concerned is that is do I believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to get New York to the playoffs? Yes. But I, there's no reason for me to say that he's going to do anything more than that. Especially with it, all that talent in that in that conference. In that conference, yeah. And because I mean you're talking about going through Mahomes, Burrow, Lamar, Josh Herbert, Allen, to extent, Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Like all of these teams are going to be waiting for him and he's going to have to get through all of them. He left a pretty mediocre NFC. Yeah. In terms of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So his task is going to be harder to do that. And their task is going to be harder. But I will say for New York, he gives them a better chance than Zach oh, Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think if you're a New York Jets fan, you're happy that Aaron Rodgers is on your team because mm-hmm. you haven't had a quarterback. Do we want to say Mark Sanchez? No. I can't remember I, I can't remember the last quarterback that got them excited, but at least Chad Mark Pennington. Sanchez. I mean, but at least Mark Sanchez took them to AFC An championship, AFC championship game. game. Yeah. You know, they beat Tom Brady, so uh yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the first time they've been excited about a quarterback since that. And so, yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're a Jets fan, good luck to you. Mm-hmm. Um, hope you get, I hope you get get some more wins than last year, and hopefully get a playoff shot. Yeah, that's a fan base that hasn't had that in a while. In, in a while, yeah, absolutely. So, coming off of Aaron Rodgers, let's talk about Lamar. Lamar got a new contract. Yep, getting paid. Man, he got he got paid. He is now the highest paid player in NFL history. And if I can remember his deal correctly, it was five years, two hundred and sixty-five million dollars, with a hundred and sixty-five of that guaranteed, which is even more than Dak Prescott. I don't know if those numbers are right. Are you looking, Daniel? See, yeah, I'm, I'm looking them up right now. Uh. I think yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right. So it's it? five five he, years, two sixty. Okay, I give him with five. One hundred and eighty-five fully guaranteed. Mm, so even more guaranteed money. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Daniel, talk to me about that contract for Lamar. What are the expectations on Lamar now that now that he's gotten the bag and even giving us a sneak preview on? your predictions for this upcoming season. What do you, what do you think Lamar is going to do this year? I think he's going to do what he was doing last year. And I, and I think at, you know, I want to say it was a halfway point of last year before Lamar got injured or decided held out. However you want to think about that situation. 
they were in a good place. They were in a good place. I think people were starting to think that they were geared to make a run. Lamar was playing really well. Mm-hmm. And I think the expectation for him is just to continue what he did last year. Um, obviously stay healthy. I think that's the biggest thing um, that fans and owners, you know, when they're talking about, hey, should we be giving these guys this kind of money? Mm-hmm. With the play style that Lamar, it, the his play style, should we be paying these guys, you know, these big contracts, like big highest paid player in the NFL right now? Mm-hmm. And so I think for him, I, I have no question about his ability. None. I think every year he's gotten better. Um, he's gotten stronger. And his team just responds to him. And, you know, with, with the addition of Odell, um, it it's hard to tell, like, kind of because a lot of the media and a lot of these – uh, sports shows like to say, "Hey, Lamar can't throw the deep ball," and then they they take certain clips of his of his play and say, "Look, he can't throw the deep ball." Mm. But on the other hand, there's also been times where we can make a reel of Lamar hitting guys wide open and they just drop it. I think there was like a point last year. I think you and me even talked about it. These they gotta catch. They gotta catch the balls. They gotta catch them. Lamar's hitting them in the yeah. hands and they're not catching it. Yeah. I don't know how many times we said that last year. Well, so it's me. Not... Yeah, go Sorry. ahead. Well, I was just going to be like, I I think, I don't know. I think people who, who, who don't believe that Lamar Jackson can throw the football haven't been watching his development over the last couple of years. I mean, it's not yeah. as, as insane or maybe it was as insane. Uh, probably not as insane because of, how how much Jalen Hurts has improved over the last couple of years. Right. But Lamar also, I mean, his first season when he was in the NFL was like 55% completion percentage mm-hmm. in his rookie year. Then the next year, I think it was like 65%. Um, and so, and who says that you have to, l- let's just say that they're right and say that he can't necessarily throw the deep ball. We all know that that's not true. Um, I mean, look at that Miami game last year and, and tell right. me that he can't do that. But let's say that let's just say that he can't. He's still right. a really great medium to short passer, even if we wanted to say that. His running ability speaks for itself. This is still a very, very talented guy who can get the ball to his receivers and who can win. Like flat out just win. Yeah. My think, concern about yeah. Lamar and him getting this money is that he hasn't shown me that he can stay healthy when you need him the most. The last two years he didn't finish the season. Now you could say last year he probably could have played at the end of the year, but it was this contract. But chose not to, yeah. You that that's always up for debate. But we've seen that it's really hard for him to stay healthy at towards the end of the season. So that to me, that's my big concern with him mm-hmm. getting this money and being the highest paid player in NFL history is right. The best ability is availability. And for the mm-hmm. last two years, he hasn't been available. Yeah. 
So the, yeah. those, but that's my only concern with. Yeah, him. I, yeah, I think we're we're in agreement. I think his the concern is not his um, ability, but just uh, availability. Yeah, and I think, and I think, um, I I hate doing the thing of like, hey, this year is going to be the test because I hate putting that on players. Yeah, of like, hey, this is this is the year, unless it's been very clear, like, hey, that you got to show up this year and unfortunately for Lamar this might be that season at least in the realm of hey can you stay healthy for a full season yeah at least at that point I even think that they the Baltimore Ravens have done better in surrounding Lamar with with weapons I mean they got OBJ they have Zay Flowers and they have that receiver from Ohio State that they drafted last year he's now back fully healthy you know so and then Mark Andrews as well J.K. Dobbins, you know, they are going to have a, a running game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, And we already know what that defense is going to be as well. And so yeah. they can really make some noise this this off this post. They were doing they were doing it last year before Lamar got hurt. Yeah. You know, so we're hoping for for more of the same. But now we're going to transition into some of the big NFL news recently that we've heard. So obviously, one of the biggest conversations happening in the NFL right now is running backs and how much they should be paid. The reason why this has come up is because of Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones gets that big contract. I think he's making $40 million a year. Yeah, I think is what he, his contract yeah is. that's what he came up with, yeah. And Saquon Barkley got hit with the franchise tag, getting paid $10 million this upcoming NFL season. He's been trying to work a deal with the New York Giants, they said that he was asking for about $16 million a year, mm-hmm. uh, but Saquon has since said, that's cap, that's not true. I'm not asking for that much. So I'm, I'm wondering what the real number is, but either way, we're now having this conversation because Josh Jacobs, who led the league in running rushing last year, yeah. did, didn't get a new contract, is also playing on the franchise tag or he, he he at least has not been even offered a contract extension hasn't been offered one like to even have the conversation and so this has started the conversation about our running backs being underpaid at this point in time and i what i will say to kind of get us going in this conversation is man if you really look at contracts like C-Mac and Ezekiel Elliott. Those, I think, are the reasons why you're having franchises not pay the running back anymore. Because you're paying for a running back who has the most wear and tear on the body and, and other than like defensive linemen and offensive line, but even right. the running back, I mean, they get hit constantly, every single mm-hmm. play. So yeah. there's a lot of wear and tear on that body. But especially in Ezekiel Elliott's case, the digression. Or, yeah, that's what they're trying to avoid. And so how can we, like, we need to see you be able to do this for longer, I think, is what New York is saying. Or is, hey, we don't want to make, make a mistake like the Cowboys did. And the Cowboys are even... They're doing that in their contract negotiations with Tony Pollard. Right. Of trying to mm-hmm. find out a long-term deal. But they said, hey, we've been burned before. 
But Daniel, what are your thoughts on the running back position payment for the running back? It, and who's who's right in this in this conversation? I think so. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of explain both sides of it and and then tell you what where I fall mm-hmm. um, in this debate. For the running backs, I can see their frustration because they get no security whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're being honest, they don't. Um, after the owners and yeah, it's really the owners. Once the owners just decide, hey, this player is done, then it's hard for that running back to get paid and to get mm-hmm. any any money and any security, any consistency um, in terms of their career. And so I can see why the players are like, hey, like, don't undervalue us. Unfortunately mm-hmm. for them and fortunately for the owners, the running back has become a degraded position. Mm-hmm. I think it's easier for owners now to go in the draft, draft not even in the first round, draft some third rounders, some fourth rounders, mix and match them, and be like, hey, we got a backfield. Mm -hmm. I think it's a lot easier for them to do that now than probably maybe in the 90s. Because in the 90s, in the 80s, and when the running game was prominent in the league, you needed just one bell cow. Yeah. And like a Barry Sanders and Emmitt Smith, Walter Payton. Uh, Thurman Thomas. Um, I think now in this day and age with, you know, throwing the football being such a big part of the league. um, Do you need that? Not really. You just need maybe two or three guys who can give you 1500 yards, who can get you first downs and you'll be okay. And you don't have to pay a running back C-Mac money or Ezekiel Elliott money. Yeah, And so I understand the frustrations of the running back's plight. But at the end of the day, it is a business. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately for them, you know, the whole thing with Ezekiel Elliott, like I was ready to get up off Ezekiel Elliott for a couple of years. But here's the thing. I knew, and and I tell dad this all the time, Tony Pollard is not a every down back yeah he's just not like he's not gonna get 300 carries again a, a year mm-hmm. most likely he'll he can get 200 carries but i do think he needs to split that with someone else and so for me i i just believe that not that the owners are right but that's just how the league is going to work from now on and so you know that's what I think about it, and I just hate that for them because I know. Uh, how yeah, I do too. That's the thing. Like every other position is being elevated in terms of pay and just importance, mm-hmm. and theirs is the one that constantly keeps being phased out. Is that true? Three hundred fifty carry a year running back. It's just not the league that we watch anymore. Unfortunately. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. For me, when it comes to Saquon's situation, I mean, you already know how I feel about Daniel Jones. Uh, I was I was going back and best I was quarterback in the NFC East. Whatever. I was listening to our best? conversations with Savage, 
And the the amount that the praise that you heaped on Daniel Jones is unwarranted. I still feel strongly about it. He had a good stretch of football because it was due to Saquon Barkley. If Saquon Barkley isn't there, does Daniel Jones do what he did in the postseason? I think not. I think with Brian Dayball, I think Brian Dayball has been good for him. I think, I think I'm not saying think he, he hasn't. And I think he hasn't been. I think he's going to get better. I do. I think he's going to get better. I don't think. I don't think he's going to get much better. I think Daniel Jones Maybe is not. what he is, and I think at some point in time, that, that's why I, I hate the situation for for Saquon. For Saquon, because yeah. at this point in time, he's the one who's being phased out when mm-hmm. the success of the New York Giants isn't reliant on Daniel Jones. It's reliant on Saquon Barkley because Daniel Jones can't perform and do what he needs to do if Saquon is not on the field. Now, the question then becomes, okay, like you were talking about, most teams want to go to a, a, a committee of running backs to accomplish to go and get jobs done. But New York doesn't have that right now. It's like Saquon or bust at this point. Right. And when you're looking at who, who got the bag, it makes sense that it was Daniel Jones. Should he have gotten 40 million? I don't think so, but also the market still kind of messed up right now. So yeah, you pay what the quarterback is worth at the yeah, present you're time. At the, you're at the mercy of the market, unfortunately, for teams. Like, you're at the mercy of what everyone else is getting paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think that at this point in time, Saquon, I think he will play this year. I think he's going to yeah. hold out to some extent. I think he'll miss part of training camp. But I think at at the end of the day, he will he will return to New York. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't want to end up being another Le'Veon Bell. Mm. Yeah, he doesn't want that, or I hope he doesn't want that. I mean, I'm I, not don't think, speak. I don't think I don't think he does. I'm not going to speak for the player, but mm-hmm. I don't think that that's what he wants to do. Yeah. But more NFC East news that we have. The Washington Commanders finally, finally. Have, new, have new ownership. Dan Snyder is out as the owner for the Commanders. And it is being bought by an ownership group led by... Oh, man, I forgot the name already. Of, but I think it's the... It's like a, it's a group. It's a group of people. But it's being led by a specific person and i think he's an he's the owner of the washington wizards i believe uh it's 76ers oh 76ers owner yeah yeah it's a 76ers uh let me let me pull that up you can keep talking while i look this up i just think that this is great for washington fans they finally have an owner that they could at least not be embarrassed of uh dan snatter was one of the worst owners in the league had a bunch of different allegations just a terribly he, he was just a terrible owner ran, oh. ran the franchise to the ground david i got i got some news oh what 
I got some news right now. What? So, What's so the 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 group that bought them is led by Josh Harris. Mm-hmm. But part of but part of that group is Magic Johnson's in that in in that ownership group. Hmm. Um. But I I was just on Twitter right now, and according to Dolph Kelman, I, I hope I'm saying his uh, his name right. Um, the team will consider a name change after this season. Whoa. Another one? Another name change. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, the just to reiterate, um, the majority owner is, or the leader of that ownership group is Josh Harris. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Wow. For me, I think I think it was long overdue. I think for yeah, years, for, sure. for years, just the what what was coming out about Dan Snyder and what was going on in that uh, formerly Washington Redskins but now Washington Commanders um, organization. Um, I think people were calling for new ownership for years, and I'm so glad that 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 part is done, mm-hmm. and fans can now focus on on their team. Yeah. So happy for them. Yeah, extremely happy for them. I I hope to some extent after this season, depending on how they do this year, I think for the most part they should right. clean house. Things start fresh, start anew if they mm. can. Um Try but to. again, that, that depends on the success of them. I because I like Ron Rivera. I do too, yeah. But I also think that he's not what he once was in Carolina. That's just that's just he's the just reality. Had a quarterback. He just hasn't had a quarterback. Sam Howell, man. He drafted Sam Howell. We'll see. We'll that's see what his guy. With I'm just not okay. Yeah, unfortunately. But now to the main thing that we are going to be talking about. We're going to be predicting the 2023 NFL season. So what we're going to do is that we're going to go through each division in each conference say who we believe is going to win yep. then we're going to and that after we go through all the divisions we'll say who our top four seeds are who our three wildcard teams are and go from there but we're going to start in the afc and specifically with the afc east daniel who do you have coming out of the east i have buffalo coming out of the east i think they're well, yeah, I'm going to do that as a safe pick. I can understand. <laughs> I can understand people's hesitation with Buffalo this year, just with like everything that's, you know, been going on. Like, I don't, I don't know if there's been reports of like Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen at odds. They've, yeah. they've done their, they've done their best to squash those. Um, Because at the end of the day, like that, Things like that do happen. Um, but I'm going to actually cling to a point that you pointed out, I think, at the end of last year, was that. And I think I want to preface this statement by just saying, hey, Josh Allen is an amazing quarterback. He's an amazing talent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there were stretches last year he did not look so hot without Brian Dayball. Um, and it showed. It showed. Um, 
so that's my hesitancy there. But also, I could see Miami also coming in and winning this division. But for the safe pick right now, I'm going to go with uh, Buffalo. I don't think that Buffalo is a terrible pick because it's they have they have less question marks than Miami does, who I'm going to actually go with, mm -hmm. who's going to win the AFC East. Is it contingent? Because I love I love on how, something. How, yeah, it is contingent on Tua and his health and his availability. Yeah, because with Tua, this is an amazing football team. Uh, I was completely wrong last year at this time when we were talking about Miami because I said Miami's not going to make to make it to the playoffs and they're not going to be really good because I don't believe Tua can take this offense where it needs to go. Right. But after watching how he was last year, before he got hurt, we saw a Tua who was amazing um, with this offense, really scoring points, getting the ball to Tyreek Hill and to Jalen Waddle. Yeah. So I expect more of the same this upcoming season if he can stay healthy. The defense got better. They added Bradley uh, Chubb, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey and, and Jalen Ramsey. Yep. So this defense is going to be really, really good. So I, I am expecting, if all goes according to plan, if, if two everyone can, can stay, stay healthy, healthy. Yeah. Miami, I think is coming out of the East. If not, then it's going to be Buffalo. I like right. what Buffalo is doing. Mm -hmm. I think Ken Dorsey having another year under his belt, maybe learning from his mistakes, he'll be able to take his play right. calling to the next level. Hopefully. I think getting yeah. a stud at tight end with Dalton Kincaid oh, is yeah. going to be great yeah, for that's them. That's going to help. That's going to help. The a only lot. issue is Buffalo needs a running game to help Josh Allen out. Mm -hmm. Because everybody knows you're going to throw. Everybody knows that it's the Josh Allen show. Man, if you could take the pressure off of him and give him a ground game, I think this is could be this could be a really dangerous team. But because I don't expect him to have a great ground game, there's just a lot of, oh man, you're really hoping for a lot from Ken Dorsey and Josh Allen to really make this an offense that can go, but they're really one-dimensional at this point, which is which is dangerous. But that's going to be for the AFC East. Now yep. let's head over to the NFC West. Daniel, who do you have coming out of the West? Well, out of the West... Um... You're saying AFC West? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I for me it's a no-brainer. Kansas City Chiefs, um, yeah. they're the best team in the NFL, and I think they will be for for a while. Um, that one's pretty easy. I don't expect Denver to do much, if anything. Mm -hmm. um, and then Las Vegas, I don't expect them to do anything. So for me, you know, Kansas City's there, and Los Angeles will always be a wild card team. I think. So, but yeah. Kansas City. For sure. Yeah, I, I am also going with Kansas City. I'm not going to do what I did last year and pick Denver. Yeah. I do expect Denver to be better, but not I do too. Yeah. Not not better to beat Kansas City for the division crown. I yeah. think Kansas City, like you said, they may not have the best team because again, I just don't like their defense. They surprise me. And well, actually, no. They didn't really play well in the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts just gave them one turnover. Uh, Watkins dropped a pass. And 
that, that was pretty much your game. Like mm-hmm. they they really weren't that impressive. And so I, I don't right. think that they have the best team in the, in the NFL, but they do have one of the best coaches in the NFL and they have the best quarterback in the league today and in NFL history. I think that Patrick's just lights out. Any any team that he's on, you can look for them to win the division that season. And he's shown that he can do more with less. With, yeah, he's proven that. And so, sure. Kansas City, that one's pretty pretty easy. Now let's go to the AFC North. I'm gonna go ahead and go first, and you're probably gonna say this as well. I'm going with Cincinnati. I think yeah. Cincinnati, no brainer they, for me. They have I, an amazing least. team. Uh, they've lost some pieces. That's a little bit concerning, but they also added Orlando Brown, which is huge for that offense for Joe Burrow. And they still got Joe Mixon. They got Higgins. They got Chase. And I expect that defense to still be really, really good. And you have the second best quarterback in the league right now in Joe Burrow, who's Mm -hmm. pushing, who wants to be and is capable of being the best quarterback in the NFL in any given Sunday. And so I, I like... Baltimore, I like what they can do. New yeah. offense coordinator. They're going yeah. to expand the offense. They have a brand new receiving core. So I'm not saying that this is going to be a cakewalk for Cincinnati, but there's going to be some growing pains, I think, with this offense for Baltimore. I agree. I yeah. think Pittsburgh. Pickens always, got it going. Yeah, the they'll, the they'll always, I believe, be in the just, mix. just with Mike Tomlin as the head coach, they mm-hmm. will always be competitive. Mm-hmm. They will always be competitive. Um, they just don't have that thing to push them over the top of everyone else, which is, unfortunately for them, they don't have Joe Burrow. They don't have Lamar Jackson. And then that division, to be able to win that division, you have to fight firepower with firepower, and they don't have that. Yeah. Yeah, and Cleveland, I don't know where Cleveland kind of stands in all of this. They got Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah, we, is he going to bounce? Is he going to have a bounce back here? But even even if he does... Don't know if they have the team to overcome Cincinnati and Baltimore. They, yeah, I don't. I don't think they do. I think defensively okay. they they could, but offensively, yeah. I'm, I'm. I mean, you got Nick Chubb, you got Kareem Hunt still, but who do you have at wideout? Like, who are the weapons on this team? I just, I just don't know what what they really have. If they can really make some noise, Cincinnati though, they're the team to beat. I think even for Kansas City, they're the team to beat. So. I feel like this one was pretty easy to to kind of pick. And also in the AFC South, I have Jacksonville. I feel like this is pretty easy. Uh, Houston's in a rebuilding mode. They have CJ Stroud, who I think will make them better. But, I mean, that team has a long way to go. You have uh, Indianapolis, who they have Anthony Richardson, brand-new quarterback. So good team, I think. They just... Figuring out where to go and what to do, that's going to be a challenge. They also have a new head coach who I'm not really sold on, really. Um, So they have a lot of question marks. And then you have uh, Tennessee, who just got D-Hop. Yeah. They have Will Levis. They have Derrick Henry. They have a good defense. But because of the lack of assuredness at quarterback, that's why that's you got to pick Jacksonville. 
that's my concern. And for me, like, I, you know me, I've been sold on Trevor, Trevor Lawrence since coming out of high school. Mm -hmm. And last year he proved, hey, he's ready to take a step and become, mm -hmm. well, not become, right. but I, I already believe he is a top 10 quarterback in this yeah. league. Um, I just, and with Doug Peterson, I'm expecting him to just continue to get better, be a little bit more consistent, take care of the ball a little bit more this year. Um, so I'm hoping he takes that step. But for me, it, it's, it's an, I think for a majority of like what we're doing here, the consensus is pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Like I can pretty much tell with like a certainty, mm -hmm. um, but you never know with this league. But for right now, I believe Trevor Lawrence is, I believe Trevor will win this division. And if, yeah. I'm just gonna stick with that. Yeah, I believe just Trevor Lawrence is gonna is gonna continue to do what he did last year, continue to prove that he is coming to be an elite quarterback in this league in the next few years. All right, now we're gonna go to the NFC East and pick our division winners real quick. So we're gonna start with the NFC East. We are going to start with America's team, with the Eagles, with the Commanders, and with the Giants. Daniel, who do you have coming out of the NFC East? A lot of Cowboys fans are going to not be happy with me, but I'm picking the Philadelphia Eagles to win the NFC East. I think when I initially looked at their schedule, I was like, oh my, what games are they going to lose? Um, I wholeheartedly believe in Jalen Hurts. I think he's motivated by the Super Bowl loss. I think he's going to want to get back. And a lot of a lot of guys on those, on that team is going to, it's going to want to get back. I believe they felt that they were the better, a better team. Um, and they were pretty close to winning it. They were pretty close to winning it. I think there were a couple. I remember Jalen Hurts hitting, I, I believe it was Watkins, right? Quez Watkins, right in the hands in the middle of the red zone. And they were forced to punt because of that. Mm hmm. So that's a score right there that they could have had, and then obviously the controversy um, of the of the holding call uh, on the last drive for Kansas City. So I think they're going to be properly motivated. I think I just think they're the more talented team, and I think they're better coached. Um, and so yeah, unfortunately for Cowboys fans, I I we're just going to have to be happy to make it to the wild card. I couldn't disagree with you more. Mm. There's so many question marks with the Philadelphia Eagles right now. You're talking about a football team who has a new offense coordinator, a new defense coordinator. They lost a lot of their stars, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And the defense was exposed last year. I think when they played really good teams, they were exposed. I mean, let's look at who they played in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. They played... The New York Giants, not a great team. Then you play the San Francisco 49ers who are on their third string quarterback. Not very good. And then look how they did in the Super Bowl. They gave up points, a ton of points. Granted to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like, but I mean, still, you're talking about against good offenses. They can't play well. Now, if they're playing the New York Giants, the Washington Commanders every single week, 
You got me. Great. But on Christmas Eve, who carved up the Philadelphia Eagles? Cooper Rush. Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Now, when Cooper Rush did play, he lost. But Dak Prescott always plays well against the Philadelphia Eagles and carved them up last year. And so you're telling me that the defense has lost a lot of weapons on defense and also lost their defense coordinator? There's no way that Philadelphia is a better team this year. I think offensively, I think they did a really good job in replacing Miles Sanders by getting Swift from Detroit. I think their offense is pretty scary. But defensively, I they're not going to be as good as even they pretended to be last year. When you look at this Dallas Cowboys football team and what they did in the offseason and getting Stephon Gilmore and re-signing Van Der Esch, bringing back Hankins, bringing back Donovan Wilson, all the things that Savage said that they needed to do in order to contend this year, they went out and they did it. Then you're adding a Brandon Cooks on offense. You draft a Deuce Vaughn, who I think is going to be a stud at running back along with Tony Pollard and with Malik Davis. And then the biggest thing, getting rid of Kellen Moore as the offense coordinator and having a coach like Mike McCarthy bring in Schottenheimer, who's known to give quarterbacks their best year of their career and having an offense that's reliant on the ground game. Man, this is a team. This is a Dallas Cowboys team that is ready to go. And I believe that especially in those divisional football games, Dak is going to be on his A game because he always is unless unless it's the commanders, which he has to overcome. But against Philly, man, I'm not scared of Philly. I respect Jalen Hurts and I ex- respect what he's going to do. But I think that this is the division for the Cowboys to lose. I think the Cowboys clearly are the better football team. And I think we're going to see that this season. And I think that there is going to be a, a, a expectation placed on the shoulders of Mike McCarthy to say, hey, listen, you, you wanted Kellen Moore gone. You wanted to be able to run the show and run this team now. And Jerry's allowing him to do that this season. You have a defense coordinator who's already going to be better than whoever that, off- that defense coordinator for Philly is going to be. Danny Quinn has done a fantastic job with this defense. So I don't think that they're even better coached. I think it's clear that the Dallas Cowboys are the better football team. They're better coached. And with this new offensive scheme that the Cowboys are running, I think the Cowboys win this division. I mean, I'm looking at the depth chart because you want to talk about holes that Philly has. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at their defense. And yes, they lost... Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Mm-hmm. This they who lost they Hargrave. Still, this is who they still have. Brandon Graham. He's getting Fletcher older. Cox. Older. Josh Sweat. Nicobe Dean. Mm-hmm. I don't Hassan know who Reddick. Dean is. Reddick's pretty good. James Bradbury at the corner position. Darius Slay He's not at the that corner great. position. He, yeah, Slay's overrated. Well, according to Pro Football Focus, he's not. Now, against the um, Cowboys, he is. And then you're forgetting about Jordan Davis is still on the team. He's Who's a rookie. A, we don't know what he can do. He could no, be a No, that's Jalen Carter. That's Jalen Carter. That's who they added. 
Oh, yeah. Like Jordan Davis was who they drafted last year, and he was a stud. Not against their Dallas. Front, not their against front, Dallas. Their front seven is is still pretty good, but against everyone else, they were. You're you're talking about a defense that was pushing mm-hmm. for the record in sacks. Mm-hmm. That's a collective total. Yeah, but they also had an easy schedule. They yeah, weren't but playing it's what, against very good teams. I know, but here's the thing, though. You need even if their defense is. Say they're over since since they're overrated. What they were rated was like the one of the best in the league, maybe top three. Mm-hmm. If at worst they're a top ten defense with Jalen Hurts in that offense, that's good enough to win. Here's the thing: in spite of all of the Eagles' bad play in the Super Bowl, they were still in it to win the whole thing, despite them playing bad. Yeah, but I think it's because of who they played in the playoffs. I mean, you're telling me that the Eagles, re- like, they, against the, a 49ers, the 49ers team beat us. They beat us. With Brock Purdy, but who was playing at quarterback with them? Josh John- Johnson. And so all they had to do was focus on C-Mac the entire game? I don't think, I don't think the result would have been different in the win-loss column had Brock Purdy played I don't know because I think it probably would it would have been closer but I don't think think, they win I think he got hit in the third play of the game like they hadn't even finished it was like the first or second play and he was already out so we don't know what they could have done because I would have I would have at least trusted Kyle Shanahan even though I don't think that he's capable of winning a Super Bowl I do think that he could have come up with a game plan to get Brock to get the ball out of Brock Purdy's hands quickly and really expose the Eagles defense. But once you lost him in this game, like I mean, I mean they put C Mac at quarterback. That's how mm-hmm. that's how drastic things got for them. So so I mean I get what you're saying. They have a, a loaded team. Here's what I here's really where I'm coming at in terms of, I mean, are they going to win games this year? Yeah, of course they are. They're, they're going to win games. I think those divisional games are going to be huge. And I think that the Cowboys have the upper hand on the Philadelphia Eagles I don't. in those rivalry games. I don't. Because, of, because you're having a new offense coordinator, a new defensive coordinator on this football team. And the defense is, I just... It was just really sad to see. And it was so comforting as a Cowboys fan to just see Dak tear them apart. Just pick them apart. And I think this defense is going to be even better for the, for us. For us. I think this defense just keeps getting better, especially when you add a guy like Stephon Gilmore. Because Anthony Brown, as much as I missed him last year, was also a liability at quarter. You, you put Bland in the slot. I think this team is better than the Philadelphia Eagles and they have their number. Mike McCarthy is not better is not a better play caller than Kellen Moore. As much as we want to talk crap about Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy is worse. And I don't think he's going to put Dak in good positions. I don't know where this is coming from. I what have no mean? idea where this is coming from. Like, is Kellen Moore a good okay? Let, let's let's finalize this, okay? Let's be mm-hmm. clear in what our positions are. My position when it comes to Kellen Moore is I think he's going to be a great offensive coordinator for Justin Herbert. 
I think their styles match up together. I don't think that Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott, as much as they really like each other and loved being together here in Dallas, I just don't think that they were the best fit. I think that the philosophy of Mike McCarthy is going to do wonders for Dak. Period. I think when you're having an offense that focuses on the on the run game and on the play action, that's Dak's bread and butter. And so I think literally Mike McCarthy is putting Dak Prescott in a better position to focus in more on the details than Kellen Moore saying, all right, we're going to have a really predictable offense where a lot of the routes are going to be option routes. And you and the and the receiver have to be on the same page and reading the same coverage and go from there. Like, Kellen Moore's offense was more complicated. So it's going to be simplified for Dak. And that's why he's going to be in put in a better position. That's why I trust Dak Prescott saying, I'm not going to throw 10 interceptions this year. The offense need, is going to look different. To me, I don't care one way or another if, yes, he, throws ten, if he throws 10 interceptions or not. Mm-hmm. What I do care about is when your coach puts you in a position to make plays, you actually make them. Mm-hmm. Which, against San Francisco, I think Kellen Moore did that pretty well. There's numerous times in that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you stated it the, the day after it. that mm-hmm. it wasn't Kellen Moore's fault. It was Dak's fault. Mm-hmm. Dak missed a bunch of throws mm-hmm. of wide open receivers that had he completed half of them, we're having a different conversation about whether mm-hmm. Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator of this team or not. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's why that's why it's hard it's hard for me to to buy into that no matter who the offensive coordinator is, because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's about execution. And, and, what, I don't... And, what, and what Dak has shown, I guess, just recently, mm-hmm. just recently, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go and examine his career because there's been stretches where he hasn't been the problem. Mm-hmm. But last year, mm-hmm. play calling wasn't one of them. It was his play. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how Kellen Moore even comes into that when we talk about what happened last year. Because if you want to talk about inside the regular season, I guess so. But in mm-hmm. terms of that playoff game, it was Dak that didn't that didn't do his job, not Kellen mm-hmm. Moore. I, so no, for, I, I so, agree. But again, we're talking about Philly versus Dallas, not Dallas versus San Francisco. Yeah. I know. But here's the thing. And I I'm trust thinking, Jalen Hurts and I trust that coaching staff more mm. to handle the adjustment mm-hmm. better than Dak and Dallas will. And here's the thing. I just don't like as much as you trust Jalen Hurts, I trust Dak Prescott against the Philadelphia Eagles defense, against their defense. Okay, because if all they he play, does is carve them if up. If they play all Philly 17 times a week, then you got me. But here's but what I'm saying. The fact of the matter is, is that they don't. No, but here is what I am saying. I'm saying that these teams are so close and they're going to be so close that these division games are going to be huge, that the Cowboys versus the Eagles are going to decide the NFC East. 
And I believe because of what history has taught me, Dak has Philly's number, period. He always has and he always will. And especially with the Eagles having a new defensive coordinator and losing pieces, they're not going to be as good. Therefore, I'm confident that Dak's going to pick them apart again because he always does. Period. Period. I, I just don't think that matters as much. I think it does. I think it does. Because I think this division is going to be close. I'm not saying that the Eagles are bums, but I'm just saying when it comes to those division head-to-head matchups, the Cowboys are good, are better, and they're going to come on out, out on top because Dak, Dak always does that at the very least. We could talk about what he does in the postseason coming up. Well, that's the whole point. But that's the no, whole no, no. point we're, of the year. But we're talking about we're talking about NFC East right now, and I'm going to get to that here a little bit. But let's go to the NFC West. I feel like this is pretty simple too. San Francisco. If Brock Purdy's healthy, I like this team. I like what they can do. One of the best defenses in the league, if not the best defense in the league. This is pretty, pretty simple. Do you have anybody else? Anybody different? No, no, I really don't. I do think that I'm ex- I'm excited to see um, what Carolina does. Oh wait, not Carolina. Wait, wrong division. Sorry. I got, wow, I got, Daniel. Come on. Sorry. Focus up. A uh, Seattle. I meant Seattle. Mm. I'm I'm excited to see what the second year of Geno Smith is going to bring. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if last year was a fluke season, but I'm intrigued. I think I'm going to watch a lot of Seattle Seahawks football games. Um and I I just want to see if he's for real. If he's if if he's really because I I've heard a lot of Geno Smith slander in the past couple of weeks since he got his new contract. And I just want to see him prove them wrong. I really do. That's just my hope for him. So I so I'm I'm that's who I'm gonna be interested to, to Yeah. Watch. When it comes to Geno Smith, I'm 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 assuming some of the things that you're hearing is the fact of like, man, this is one year in a career where he's just been maybe not even average, but a little bit below average in terms of how he's done. But when you really think about it, you can also say the same thing about Brock Purdy. Uh, he's had one year of, of 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 football, and he needs to also prove himself. So I think both should have that. I think with Brock Purdy, though, we've seen him play great football in the playoffs, and so people are just like, "Yep, he he he's the guy." But I think with Geno. I think there is some hesitancy, especially for me, of like, man, I need to see you do that again. Like, I yeah. I need you to have another great and I and I get and season. I get people's need to for him to validate that. I see Ken- I see the reason why. But unless I'm wrong, he lost Kenneth Walker during the season. They lost a bunch of guys. So, I think that especially with Kenneth Walker as a running back to take the pressure off of again any. A ground game helps any quarterback. And I think especially with Geno, with him having that ground game, playing that kind of style of offense that Pete Carroll loves to play is which they're more focused and more geared towards the ground game. 
I think that fits Geno Smith's style anyway. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm also excited to see excited to see how how they do. But now going to the NFC North, I have Detroit coming out of the North. I think that now that we have Jared Goff in the top 10 of NFL quarterbacks, he needs to prove it. He needs to get it done. So with Jordan Love and Green Bay, there's going to be some growing pains there. I think Minnesota losing Dalvin Cook is going to be huge for them. It will be. Uh, And their defense is shaky at best. And I just, they just don't seem to be. They got carved up by Daniel Jones. Yeah. And so, and then Chicago is better. I think they're going to be better. They're definitely going to be better. But I think Detroit is the hot team right now. And I think that they're going to come out of the North. I do too. Yeah. I think, yeah, I agree with everything you said. Jordan Love, I don't know what's going to be, what's what he is. Um, he showed some pretty good stuff last year when he did see mm-hmm. some action. Um, Minnesota, like you said, again, it's Kirk Cousins. That defense is not that great. Um, losing Dalvin Cook is a huge, huge loss. Um, no matter how good Justin Jefferson is, I think that's, you know, that's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I do like Justin Fields. I do. Um, I think people slander him too much and also you... ele- and also elevate him too much. Okay. I I I believe I believe he he right now he's a running back playing quarterback because he has to be. Only because he has to be. That offensive line was horrendous and his receiving core was horrendous. Was terrible. Terrible. So so when I say he he's a he was a running back playing quarterback, it's not a knock on him. It sounds he, like a knock. It, it does, but the only reason why is because he had to be. He had to be. It has nothing to do with, oh, he's sitting back, he has 10 seconds of time, and he decides to run. No, that was not the case. And for anyone saying that that's the case, you did not watch him play. He's a guy who's ready to take that next step. He just needed weapons and an offensive line to help him do that. And so I do believe that Chicago is a little bit better. I just think it's going to take some time, guys. It's going to mm-hmm. take some time. And right now, with you know Aaron Rodgers leaving the division, Minnesota being who they are, and then Chicago being in a rebuilding mode, I think it's prime pickings for Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. I think that this is the next step. That this is the expectation because of how you ended the year last year, winning seven of your last eight games. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the next step should be winning the division, which Detroit and, hasn't done in a very, very long time. And for me, I ranked Jared Golf. Where did I rank him? In my in my, I think top you 10. ranked him probably eight or nine. Okay, so behind Dak. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I want to see him make that jump this year. Yeah, for sure. Then now we're going to the NFC South. Daniel, who do you have coming out of the South? Uh, I got Carolina. I don't know why. I don't know why. I think Atlanta. They, I, I don't know what they have. Honestly, um, they chose a running back in the first round. Bijan Robinson. I mean, I like him. I think he's he's going to be great, but. I wouldn't have picked him that high. Just going back to what we were talking about with running backs, he's going to get de- mm-hmm. he's going to get devalued in the next four years. Um, New Orleans, 
but you know they they weren't impressive last year and Tampa Bay like Seattle that's a team I'm going to be excited to watch is Tampa Bay I want to see what Baker Mayfield does um because then maybe we can finally figure out what he is and what he isn't um So they're going to be exciting to watch, but I just I I like Bryce Young. I believe in him, and I want to see him succeed. And I think they were at a point last year where they started to improve quite a bit, and a quarterback that can do a little bit more than manage will be good for them. And so, I'm 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 hopeful. I'm hopeful for them. So. I am going to go with the New Orleans Saints. Okay. I I just believe in Dennis Allen and his ability to get this defense ready to go. And I think offensively, the signing of Derek Carr is going to be huge. I think Derek Carr, we've talked about this before, Derek Carr is a quarterback who was in Las Vegas before it was Oakland having one of the worst defenses in the NFL for yep. years. Yep. Had an MVP like season one year, one season. Yeah. Who just need, he needs a new scenery. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think him going to new Orleans is going to be great for him. Now that they have a quarterback that they can trust, take the pressure off of Alvin Kamara, get Mike, Thomas in there, get him going. I think that they're just a team with more experience than the Carolina Panthers. Um, I think Frank Wright going there is great. Their their offense is okay. I think them picking up Miles Sanders though is huge, and the, that's huge. like we've talked yeah. about in the offseason, they picked up a lot of players who is going to be really good for this team. And so they should make some noise. And I'm excited. That's the team that I'm excited to watch. Tampa and Baker. Man, I'm just not really, I'm not sold on Baker anymore. Like, I just don't, mm -hmm. I think there's just too many things that happened to him. I think the league messed him up. I think the inconsistency of organizations really put a stunt on his development, which is, which is really unfortunate. I just don't see them really doing anything. I don't think that, Man, what's the who's their head coach? I'm trying to remember his name. For Tampa? For Tampa. Todd Bowles? Yeah, Todd Bowles. I just he's not the head coach that you want. And he's not the head coach that's gonna take you your team to the next level. I just I just don't feel that way. And yeah, I think he's a great defensive coordinator. Yeah. He's great. He's amazing. But now the same thing could be said about Dennis Allen. True. Yeah. Because true. he was the coach in Oakland with Derek Carr mm -hmm. when he got there and he got fired five games into his final season. Mm -hmm. And then he had, he was really good as a defense coordinator with New Orleans. Yep. And then you had last year happen. So yeah. there's just a lot of, so for these two teams, Tampa and New Orleans, but then you also had Frank Wright who was let go mid-season by Indy. So, 
really it's just, man, what are, who's the better coach for all of these teams? And I think you're going to find your division winner there. I'm going to, I'm going to put my trust in Derek Carr just because Bryce Young is a rookie. He hasn't done much and Baker because of the ups and downs of his career. I think Derek Carr is the most stable of these quarterbacks. So now we're going to head into the playoffs as we start to wind down. Uh, here are my top four seeds in the AFC. I have Kansas City, Miami, Cincinnati, and Jacksonville. And I would probably switch Cincinnati and Miami. So I'd say Kansas City is the number one seed. Cincy's number two, Miami three, and Jacksonville at four, with my wildcard teams being Baltimore, New York, and Buffalo. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Kansas City one, Cincinnati two, Jacksonville three, Miami four. Mm. I just think Jacksonville has an easier division. I thought you were going um, with Buffalo. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Buffalo. So I got Kansas City, C- Cincinnati, Buffalo, Jacksonville, or mm. Jacksonville, Buffalo. And who are your three wild cards? Um, I'm going to go with Baltimore, LA, the Chargers. Okay. And then New York, the Jets. Okay. Yeah, that's who, that's who I have right now. Mm. Okay, that's good. That's good. And in the NFC, my top four seeds, I have the 49ers, Dallas, Detroit, and then New Orleans. And my three wildcard teams, man, I have Philly, Minnesota, Mm. And if he plays this season, I do have the Giants. Okay. Yeah, I have San Francisco, Philly, Detroit, and Carolina. As my wildcard teams, I have Dallas, New York, And Seattle. Mm. Mm. That's good. It's a good list. So now we get to championship games. Who's going to be contending for the conference championships? In the AFC, I have Kansas City versus Cincinnati part three. I have the same thing. Yeah. It, it, just, feels NFC, like, yeah. it just feels like that's the matchup of... The yeah. next decade. Mm-hmm. This is going to be those two teams. I absolutely agree. Then in the NFC, this is where the story the story part for me comes in. And this is where I'm, I'm going to say this with a caveat. If you're a Dak Prescott apologist, this is where you need to be. You can't be on both sides of the fence. If you feel this way, you got to go for it. So these are the expectations this season. It's going to be Dallas versus San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. Period. 
I'm going with Philly and San Francisco. Hmm, just a rematch of last year. Yes, but I do think the 49ers are going to be very motivated and they're going to want this game in the NFC Championship game. They, mm. they want it. Mm. And I want it. I want to see what actually would have happened. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, so that, that's my NFC pick. Yeah, I think that for me, this is the, the Cowboys versus the 49ers is what I want to see because for two straight years in a row, you they, have you have Dak coming up short. Yep. And what would be a beautiful moment is to see him Redemption. actually. Absolutely. Redemption. Get, and I think that's the only way that people would just be like, all right, Dak, okay. This yeah. is yeah. We that but if but if it, Dak were to do this, if mm-hmm. he were if he were to win against the 49ers in the NFC championship game, I think mm-hmm. it would I think people he would win people over. I think. Yeah. I mean this is where I I dropped my first of the year. If he does this and you still don't buy into him, you're an idiot. Mm. I'm sorry. It's my now, first one of the year, but and but and here's what I will here's what I will say though, just to kind of put mm. myself on the hot seat. Mm. If Dak doesn't do this, you're an like, idiot. Like I'm, or I will be if I'm just like, nope, Dak's still the quarterback. <laughs> Dak's uh, still the guy. Yeah. Um. He didn't do anything wrong. Like, I, oh, like if I start excuse making for him. Okay, well, here's where I'm gonna here's where I'm gonna be unbiased. Let's see what happens in that game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if it's like evident. Kind of like when 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 they played the Rams, I think it was after Dak won his first playoff game. Mm-hmm. You remember After that? Beat Seattle, yeah. And in and they had C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley run for over 300 yards. Yeah. Like, if it's one of those, then I'm going to be like, okay, like, the guy can't catch a break at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah. But if he turns the ball over like he did. Oh, yeah. Or well, played, yeah. played terrible like he, you know. Yeah. He's missing like throws, that... turning the mm-hmm. ball over, then it's going to, then people are going to, yeah, people are going to be like, okay. It's time to get off. Like it's time. It's time to get it's off. To get so, yeah. I mean, this is the year. This this, this is the year to where bring in Jared Goff. Mm, again, I just don't think he hasn't been consistent enough throughout his career to warrant that. Really. Yeah. Let let him put at least two years of of those just, together. I just I just like him a lot. I know you do. He's a great guy. But once every three years, he'll have a good season. That's what he's that's what he's shown you. He's gonna have so, another one this year, I have a feeling. So hopefully. But when it comes to who's winning what game, again, I have the Cowboys winning against San Francisco. And I also have Cincinnati beating Kansas City this season. Yeah, I do too. Um, I do too. Um I just want to see Joe Burrow win one. I want to see, and I think. And it, and when I say like I want to see, it's not like a sympathy vote of like, oh, I would like for this to happen. Mm-hmm. It's more of like I believe that he can, mm-hmm. and I think eventually it's going to be his time. It's going to be his time to get. And when they when they lost to Kansas City, let me remind people that was the first time he ever lost to Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So it's not like Joe Burrow hasn't hasn't beaten him before. He has. Yeah, 
I think the question last year was, could Patrick even beat Joe? Yeah. Right? And so yeah. I believe... So, man. I, I want to see it happen. And I think he, and I think this will be the year for, for it to happen. Yeah, and this may be a bad thing to do. Um, but again, it's all about the story for me. Because I think that... Um, I think they're going to play during the regular season, December 31st this year. I think Mahomes wins that game. Yep. And I think if he wins that game, I think everyone's going to be talking about Cincinnati, you know, oh, now Kansas City has your number now. Like the, like the, like it's flipped. Like it's, like it, like it, it's changed now. And so when it comes to this game again, Joe's going to Joe's going to be the one to take over because Cincinnati loves to talk a lot. They do. They, they love do. to talk a lot. But I think this time around in the AFC Championship game after losing to them in the regular season, Joe's going to be like, "Oh no. We're we're not talking this week. Like I'm going to be leading this week and he's going to be the guy that gets it done." and gets them to the Super Bowl again. Right. Where they will lose to the Dallas Cowboys is my prediction. I think... It's just jumping off the deep end. I These are expectations. This is what should happen. And if you're like up in arms about Dak Prescott, if you're saying that Dak Prescott is the quarterback of America's team, with the team that we have assembled, with Kellen Moore gone... These should put your money where your mouth is. It's how I feel. Am, am I most likely going to be wrong? Probably. But as someone who supports Dak Prescott or says that I support Dak Prescott, shouldn't that be my prediction? Yeah. I mean, I mean with this team, with Kellen Moore gone, with this new offensive scheme that's being put in place. I just don't know why you do this for this man. I believe. If God. Honestly, if 2016 didn't happen, I probably wouldn't be saying this. But because at that point, seeing how that offense was and seeing how bad our defense was, if, like, you're telling me... That but how good that have, running game was. Yeah, if you didn't tell me how... If, if you were to tell me that this, even last year's, but let's say even this year's defense was playing for the Cowboys in 2016. Do you believe that Dak Prescott could have been the quarterback of a Super Bowl winning team? Yes, but I also believe Tony Romo could have won that. I mean, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. No, no, no. I don't disagree. To me, it's never been Tony Romo versus Dak. It's never been that. Right. Because I think you're right. I think they both could have won with those teams. Well, I think, yeah. Yeah. I just wish Tony would have gotten what Dak has been able to have the past. I'm not going to say six years because there was even years after that where they weren't. They were good, but they weren't, mm-hmm. you know, you know what I mean? Like they weren't yeah. what they've been for the past, what, yeah. two to three I years. I mean, I even, you know, when people, I think even that 2014 team that went to Lambeau were not 
were yeah, they still not that defense was was still not very was good. still not great. I think mm-hmm. they really controlled the clock with the ground game. Yeah, I think Demarco that kept Meyer that really defense helped. off of the field. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. So I think yeah, if, if Tony would have had these teams, probably would have had a Super Bowl by now. But again, he was in like year twelve, year thirteen, or year eleven and twelve. So right. Dak's still in year seven, and there was a switch that Tony had to turn on. Yeah, in like I think that twenty twelve. No, I think it was 2014 when he finally made that switch. I think probably, yeah, 2014. I think it was like right. Or it might have been that Miles Austin breakout year. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure. But anyway. But yeah. Mm-hmm. You, so you got Dallas. You got Dak. I got Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, I got Cincinnati and. San Francisco? Yeah. Yeah. And who wins and that game? Cincy. Mm. Mm-hmm. They finally get it done after playing them two other times in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's just they because Joe is, in your words, the next Joe Cool. Yeah, I I do believe that. Yeah, I do believe Joe Burrow is the next Joe Montana. I do. Um, much to the chagrin of Dad, but mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think if anyone, I think someone can come in and win six Super Bowls without a loss, and he still say Joe's a goat. That's true. Honestly. Because mm-hmm. yeah. the excuse would be, oh, it's a soft league. You don't <laughs> play real. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, there's, there's always there's always some there's always reason. gonna be there's always gonna be another excuse why someone's not the goat. Yeah. No, I, I feel that. Yeah. Um but that's gonna do it for our first episode of season two, us predicting the twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four NFL season. It is a long episode. We had a lot of things to talk about. So here's how the podcast is going to work pretty much moving forward into the regular season. We're going to have a couple of episodes before the season starts just to kind of talk through a couple of things. But the plan is to have two podcast episodes every single week, one of them being on Wednesday and another one being on Friday. When we come on Wednesday, we're going to talk exclusively Dallas Cowboys news and Dallas Cowboys football. We're going to talk about through the games that they just played. And then on Friday, we're going to talk about the rest of the league and also do our pick em games so that way you guys can be able to distinguish the two and we can put out more content for you consistently throughout the season. That's our goal. Yep. That's our hope. Um, and so plan on two episodes every single week once the regular season kicks off. Yeah. Also plan on uh, us having some guests um, throughout the year. Um, you know, I, I, I do want my boy Steven Savage to, to jump on. Mm-hmm. Um, so David, he's probably he's probably roll he's probably so upset with me right now. He'll probably text me once this episode comes out. I'll be like, dude, what are you doing? Well, what you are know, you saying? Uh, yeah, I need someone else to keep you accountable. Yeah, I know, but but yeah, not only that, uh, when we do play the Eagles, I'm expecting to have some conversations with my boy Jalen Wilmore, and I want I want to be on it because he's gotten away with so much stuff uh, on this podcast. It's not gonna. Daniel's wanna, too, you're too soft with him because you. I want to keep friend. a friend. I want to keep a friend. No. Keeping a friend is more important than than proving that he's wrong. I don't know. Like his team went to the Super Bowl last year, so how wrong could he be? Well, pretty wrong. Whenever you know he's getting carried by bad teams. I mean, when you play New York and you play a third string C Mac led, you play who's in front of team. you. 
You play who's in front of you. Well, he played Mahomes and they got beat. Again, it's Mahomes. They're talking about the yeah. best QB and the best coach, the best tight end. And one of the worst defenses. Who? Kansas City. They were pretty good last year. No, they weren't that great. They were pretty good last year. Anyway, Jalen, come back to the show, and you'll get a real interview. I love you, Jalen. I don't know you, so I can't say that. Well, I'm going to say it. But we're going to have even more guests than that. We're going to have more guests talking about even the AFC. We're going to have some AFC people come in to talk about their teams. Uh, Trask has been trying to get on the podcast for the longest time. He's a Denver Bronco fan, so it would be interesting to get his – his take on uh Broncos Nation. Then we have even James. James is a Kansas City fan. He'll love to talk about Patrick Mahomes, talk about how how good he is. So we're, we'll try good. and get more and more guests. And if you want to come on the show and talk about your team, man, hit me up. Hit Daniel up. We'll have you guys on the podcast. Just send me a couple of your Please. takes so that way if it, they're really bad, I'll just reject you immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, bring, that's going to do it Matthew for us. Stafford in your top 10. Here on uh, Double Take, an NFL podcast. And until next time, we'll see you guys later. Ridiculous.